From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. You're breaking up the static. I can't hear you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the voice that you're hearing is our it's guest today, great. Ryan Finch. He is the CEO and principal broker at First Class Real Estate in Virginia. They've been ranked number one mega platinum team in Hampton Roads, Virginia, and mm. top 10 team in the USA by the Wall Street Journal. His journey has taken him from a single agent to a team lead to a broker owner and beyond, which is what we're going to get into on the podcast a little bit today. He's got a team of over 170 people, nine different locations. He's also the author Ooh. of Explode, the proven system to sell 500 homes a year while keeping a balanced life with teachers. Agents, how to build their own real estate business while maintaining the freedom and balance. I'm curious to get into that balanced life. That's the tricky part. Because, yeah, the balance is (laughs) so freaking difficult. I will tell you guys this for all our podcast listeners. Reminder Media has gotten an espresso machine. So if you guys are curious, yes. (laughs) Are you guys curious about the journey of Reminder Media and how we're growing? We've gotten, I think it's called, what is it called? First Source? I don't know. I keep doing the Americano and and the espresso together. They put, yeah, they put this machine in there. That has like I'm drinking a chocolate espresso I think right now. Yeah, it's actually really good. It's it's like a bean to cup. It grinds yep. the beans. It's unbelievable. So Next if you level. have Ryan, this is for you with your company. Maybe you got to get these machines in your offices because I just I just am happier these days. <laughs> but I asked the guys today because we broke it within two days down on the sales floor. I've heard. And I There's asked the guys. Up. They came in today to fix it. I was like, is that a record? Like of you put the machine in a company and then within two days, the company breaks the machine. Like, is that a record? And he said, no, there was one other company that broke it faster than you. It was engineers. It was an engineering company. They were trying and to they, take it apart. They, they did. They tried to take it apart and reprogram the espresso machine. And I was like, well, engineers are worse than salespeople, I guess. So there we go. But that's our update for where's Reminder Media at? We have an espresso machine that's now. Where we so are. we're killing it. Well, Ryan, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. There it is. It's exciting to have you, Ryan. Really, really interested to get into your story. And you've done so many different roles. So, I mean, we could literally talk, I feel like, all day. But if you could introduce yourself to the audience and, and just tell us a little bit about your journey, what led you into real estate as you've gone on this journey from an agent to being a team lead to, you know, obviously running a whole brokerage. And now you've even transitioned out of being the CEO of that into where you're franchising and stuff. But tell us a little bit about your journey. Introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so, you know, I started as a plumber. Um, my granddad worked in the union, so I kind of came out. I didn't go to college. so I went right into the workforce, uh, went through some personal life challenges in a marriage that, you know, didn't work out for me. Um, and so I had a daughter. I said, hey, I'm not going to be able to to really uh, be where be at her school plays and functions like that, being in construction, coming home exhausted, leaving early in the morning. I said, I got to find another career that's going to give me the flexibility. Um, so uh, I played church softball with a guy that was in real estate. He said, hey, yeah, come on out, you know, and, uh, you know, fast track a little bit. Joined him, got into real estate, and, uh, and you know, the sky's the limit. I just quit and jumped straight in and went to selling. That was in uh, 2006, October 2006. So we're coming up on, uh, what is that, 13 years? Yes. 13 years. Oh. Well, man, I'll tell you also those church softball leagues. You got to watch out for this. And my dad's a pastor. We did church softball. <laughs> Oh, I love. I played, I played church Those can get for competitive, years. man. Yeah. <laughs> Those church yeah, softball yeah, leagues. <laughs> Those can get competitive. So you, there was a guy on the team. 
He's a real estate agent, convinces you to jump in. How long did you do? It was residential real estate, correct? Yes. How long did you do residential real estate before you kind of transitioned into kind of running a team of real estate agents? So, so it was about a year, you okay. know, and then we ran into to 2007, which was a, a, a happy time for us all. <laughs> so, but at the same time, what happened is it was funny because agents I look back on are really finicky about why they leave a company or change or whatever. I had my own property management. He wanted me to do team sales on his team. And I had my own properties I owned at the time. And he's like, yeah, you, you got to give them to us to manage. I'm like, no, forget that. I'm going out on my own. But I was real loyal. I never really looked to go anywhere else. So he ran a, a local competing firm. And so, uh, you know, I joined, I just left from his team, went kind of to the other side of the building. And then I went from there and then I went from making money to losing more money in a month than I normally made in a month. You'd mm. think that I was going up in commission split, but I was steadily losing money every month. So he was really generous to me and, you know, let me kind of bail out of it. I got fortunate. Uh, I landed a Fannie Mae account. Uh, once I did Fannie Mae, I did a really good job and they took me across the country. So I had about 12 states I ran Fannie Mae oh, stuff wow. for. Okay. Um, we built out a software for that so we could run it because – the government software, it sucked. It didn't tell you what to do or how to do any of the stuff. So we had all these triggers. So we could basically manage all the states and all the properties. We sold them for better values. I mean, it'd be the state of Washington. We could sell a home for a higher price and a better condition than our competitors because they ran you on a report card, which made the sales reps get their bonuses. So that's why they started kind of passing us around in different states. And that's how we ended up growing in that. Um Fast forward now, it's 2013. We ran a team. We're up there in the top of the country uh, doing the, the Fannie Mae stuff. And uh, and they say, hey, you guys are turned to outsource. You basically got too big. We're doing too much volume that gotcha. every dollar was funneling back to Virginia Beach. And they're like, yeah, no, we can't do that with government money. We got to so spread the wealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and they shut that down. It was fine. It led us to the next thing, which was opening up first-class real estate. Um we, we stayed in the same building for about a year, and then after that, we bought the building, a 6,000-square-foot place, took our 10-person team over, and then you know from there, we just we just grew. Wait, did you have a 10-person team when you were doing the Fannie Mae account? Yeah. So, oh, so that was, yeah, that was massive. Locally. Well, no, well, that was here. Then we had these kind of like two-off. So okay. there's another model now that tries to run where you pass out leads and other things. Well, they more or less got that concept from me. There was another guy. There's three of us that all lost this account from doing this. But we were basically just passing off listing leads to people in another area, which was technically an REO account. So, gotcha. so we, we ran, they were part of a team, but, but ultimately we only had 10 people here locally that took the local properties and the buyers that came off of that and ran that model. Okay. And then you turned that in and did you guys then, I guess, focus on traditional residential real estate? And I guess I'm curious, like what's going through my mind is how do you make that jump? Because you have this lead source coming from this Fannie Mae account. And now all of a sudden you're transitioning to where I'm assuming you have to generate your own leads now. And how did that transition take place? And how did you sustain with 10 people? Like what was the shift in mindset? And then also where did your where did you start focusing? Where did your leads start coming from? How did you turn that into a really stellar residential real estate team? Sure. So, so from there, we um, we had the capital, right? I mean, at that point, okay. you know, we've, we've saved up over a period of time. So now, now you're looking at it going, well, I'm working at this company is costing me X amount of money a month. I could reinvest that other ways. And so when we did, we moved over. We saved money. I actually bought out of my contract because the guy's a friend of mine. I just said, you know what? I know I had a term with you. I'm going to buy out. And we did it, you know, nice and 
amicable. We're still friends now. Um, but so, so anyway, we, we went ahead and, uh, and transitioned. And then what I did was I went and got different investors. So remember, I was fixing up and flipping. I had all these REOs that people were buying. So the investors would buy them. And so we had all these relationships. So one thing led to the next part of the uh, transition. So now we took over the listing market with that. So we, we, we always dominated the listings like that. We, we owned them when they're Fannie Mae. We own them when they're investors. We just, that's what we went after. If you went to go buy a property from an investor, they would give us that lead. So we would take those wow. leads and then pass those out. And then we would just still go to the same thing. Then a buyer would call in on it and we ran a good system and process for lead, lead gen and how we converted leads uh, from those. So. So you literally, you built the business really off of this investor network. Like you knew all the investors, like your sphere, when you exited out of Fannie Mae, your sphere was a ton of just different investors. They were then feeding you not only deals probably that they wanted to do, or you were finding them deals to do, but they were actually feeding you people like the listings and then obviously the buyers that were coming to them. Well, they didn't feed us the buyers. We would get the buyers from the sign calls. Okay. So we ran a duty schedule for it. So any listing. So we always had 100. Even after we let go of Fannie Mae, we had 100 listings. I mean, so what I that would do incredible. is I would, go, I would go pair up, let's just say John Smith, the investor, with Lisa, do, you know, Lisa, the, the agent, and say, hey, this is your account. And they would run it just like a Fannie Mae account. So I paired them up in different states the same way I would do it here. I'd pair up the agent with an investor, and then they would do that. And then what would happen is you'd get five of those. I mean, there were so many investors you could do that. Then we had regular residential buyers and sellers. So we ran AdWords for listing leads and things okay. like that. So they would take those. Then you'd have all the buyer leads. All the new agents came in, got trained on buyers, and then they would take all the buyers. And they loved it because they would come to us because we had the listings. We had the listings. And so we – we kind of ran that mantra. If you own the listings, you can own the agents. And, yeah. you know, and so that was kind of our market of, of how we, well, sorry, if you own the listings, then you can own the buyers. And if you own the buyers, you can own the agents. And that was our, that was our model to what we did. And then we took the best agents. That's a they golden nugget. That's awesome. Ratios. They make a ton of money and do a lot of sales and try to get efficient. You know, hey guys, you're blowing it on calls. We'd have to make transitions. You're going on listing appointments. You're not converting. You've got to be moved out. And so, you know, we really just ran data on how we would figure it out, which it wasn't the plan then. We just kind of happened to do it. You know, it's like it seems smart, but not we didn't <laughs> ended on it on accident. You know, so, so what, it was it was survival. What is the system you use to track the data? Did you just use Excel or did you have a CRM system or is there like? Oh my gosh, we did whatever. <laughs> it was like a beautiful day. mind. Um, <laughs> the the, the phone took. rings. It's oh hey, it's uh, Zerple. It's uh, you know Money Tree. It's, yeah. man, I, I'm still friends with the sales reps from Money Tree. I mean, like we're just we're just still friends. You Your know? BFFs. So, yeah. So then there was follow up boss. Then there, I mean, if the, you can't even have changed CRMs that many times in that period of time without everybody thinking you were crazy. They're like a new CRM. Okay, great. Let's download and upload. Download and upload. Like it, it began to be a joke around here of how much we were like. You're not following up with lead anyway. What does it matter? You know, so we were trying to find the next system that was going to follow up for us. Right? Yes. They were out there, you know, not following up. And so have you found, Go ahead. I was just going to ask, have you found like any number of follow-ups to drive the success? Like has your data driven you to a point where you go, okay, every lead in our, at least in our area, we need to follow up with at least X number of times. Have you ever been able to get there? Because I know that's a really hard place to get yeah. in a business because you really have to have all, everything tracked. 
So, so I was talking to one of our managers earlier today. She said, hey, I want to go to this school function. And, you know, there's a booth. It's like 150 bucks or whatever. I said, look, your office is in the profit. 150 bucks is 150. It doesn't really matter. I said, but that's not the problem of whether this is going to work or not. What's going to determine whether it's going to work or not is who you put in the game. You know, mm-hmm. coach of my son's baseball team, I got players, I put them in. He's not going to hit the ball no matter what I do. So it's not baseball is not the problem. It's the person that I'm putting in the game, right? And oh, so, man, that's you know, great. I can coach them, and sometimes they, they're not coachable, and sometimes they're just natural. You're going to put them in, and they're going to and they're gonna hit a home run. So I think that's more the, the view of it than it is the amount of follow-up. So if I can call them one time, you can call them seven, or I can call them seven, and you can call them one. And at the end of the day, you're going to figure out converters are converters. So we track, and we figure that part out. Then from there, you're going to take them to a lead source that converts at the highest rate. So duty calls are going to close. You know, you're trying to close more than one out of ten. And so we we talk about this with my son's baseball team. We talk about this in the office. The way to win is to do the basics better. You know, the difference between a little league baseball player and a professional baseball player is he does the basics better. It's Mm. still hitting. It's still throwing. It's still fielding. Do the basics better. And so so we want to field the calls right. We want to follow up right. We want to make sure we say the right script and the right thing on the phone. And if you're not calling, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you're not following up, it doesn't really matter. So so we found that that's, that's the challenge. It's interesting you say that. We just interviewed my brother. Um, he was in the office just the other day, and we interviewed him. One of the things that he has found out, he's been in the business for about almost three years. It's like two years and eight months. And – I don't know if we just lost you there. Okay, we didn't lose you. You just disappeared off the screen for a second. But one of the things he said that he's found, which is very relevant to the point you're talking about, which is it really is so many of us struggle because we're looking for that magic bullet or that magic formula instead of understanding, dude, there are people that have gone before you that have had had success. Call it the fundamentals. Just apply yourself to that model and do the fundamentals day in and day out with consistency. And what you'll find is what you're talking about, which is what I love. You'll find your gifting. Like you'll find, hey, certain people are gifted in certain areas. And there's a great book called Good to Great, which talks about getting the right people on the right bus to start with. But right then it, And then it goes to the right seat which is the most important, which is getting, because somebody who converts maybe on the phone doesn't convert. Like we have a sales rep on the floor. She's not necessarily the best on the, on the phone. She's not at the top of the boards on the phone, but oh my gosh, when we send her to conferences, like she would give me a real run for our, my money. I told her the other day, I want to go to a conference with you so we can compete. <laughs> like, cause she is just a seller. So it just talks about, you know, getting people in the right, going to the fundamentals, figure out your gift, Apply yourself in that area over and over again with consistency. Here's what I'm curious about. So you're 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 killing it. Yeah, ten agents, maybe more at this point. Walk me through the transition of how you got out of the business running you and you being able to run the business because that's a sure. real struggle for for everybody out there. So you know, it's a familiar thing that you said with that good to great book, which is really you have to take a whiteboard, write down every situation of every person you're going to want. So we want an REO agent, we want a listing agent, we want a buyer's agent, we want an investor agent. But everybody's not good with investors. Everybody's not good with listings. Everybody's not good with buyers. Everybody's not good on the phone. So you're dissecting all of these pieces to replace yourself. So the book E Myth Revisited talks about breaking down this process of everything. Because right now you're doing everything. So you've got to figure out how to break that down. And so um, so that's how we ended up doing that was I just hired people to all of the spots 
but you can't just hire them and let them go. They still need leadership. They need management. You would think that they want to just do their best, but what happens is they they may have an idea of what their best is going to look like, but they still need coaching. We all need coaching yes. continually because we only see things how we see them, right? And so if you thought one out of 10 was good for conversion on a lead, then you're going to say, hey, then I'm doing good. But if somebody came along and said, well, two out of 10 is possible, now all of a sudden the bar is raised. And so, so somebody ahead of you has to be saying, hey, I've been here, done that, and here's how you're going to get to that next level. Oh, so, I couldn't agree so more. Have, the, the real key, this was this was the best part, was I had a I had a coach and he said, You need to talk to this guy. And I said, Okay. And this guy takes my model and so he just takes like my P and L of whatever I'm running, how I'm running. He says, I think this is franchisable. And I was like, No, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. I don't have a brand like that or you know, this other uh, this, that and the other. He takes it and he breaks it all the way down. So now what happens is all the things we already know, what's my cost of a lead? Well, so now I know what I can get the cost of a lead. But not just the spending, but the actual marketing person that's doing it. What's my cost of an appointment? So then I have an inside sales at that point. So now they're setting an appointment. Well, what is that costing me? How does that go all the way through? How much is marketing costing me? How much is closing coordination costing me? How much is onboarding costing me? How much is it costing me for name badges and signs and all that? And so it was crazy because I just saw the field completely different. And now I just said, my game now is I got to get all those costs down. And if I get those costs down, I now have a value. Because if you can buy all the technology from me that you can't, if you were to go buy it off the street for for more, then I have a value. If I'm more than them, then obviously you're not going to buy it. And so right. if you can package together a value. So so it's the same. People do it with listings or buyers, right? You go in and you say, hey, we'll do the pictures, put in the MLS, put a sign and all that, and we'll sell it to you at you know whatever percentage. I'm not, you know, whatever. So they right. go to this percentage, and sometimes they figure out how to skinny that down and figure out the profit margin from it. And they go, well, maybe they make two thousand dollars a listing. Maybe they make three thousand. Maybe they only make a thousand, but they do a hundred listings, right? And so, so there's different ways to be able to break down a model that way. And the better you do that, it gives you this laser beam focus. So I'm going, all right, great. It, it gets real simple, and that's what you got to do. You know what I love about as you're talking and talking about kind of these data that you're just looking at your cost per lead, your cost per appointment, and all of a sudden you're starting to see the field clearly and you're starting to see what you have. What's popping into my head is Jeff Bezos talks about, and obviously for those who don't know, I don't know how you can't know, but Jeff Bezos is the founder of Amazon, right? So he's founder and he runs Amazon right now. But he talks about great businesses, they run their business by data-driven decisions, not by emotional decisions. And it's a really hard thing to get to because as a entrepreneur, you, you tend to have to run off your gut because you don't have the money to get the data, whatever it is, they could call it excuse, but meaning like you tend to run off your gut. So it's really hard to make that shift, but it really is that simple. I have been really at an advocate for this idea of you take action, you track your results, and then you pivot. Where so many people fail is they don't track their results. Mm -hmm. Like Josh and I, as we've gone through this kind of series of stay paid and, you know, we're, you know, now what, two years in? Yep. And what we keep coming back to as we interview people is like the successful people, it's like their mindset is so important. It's all about mindset, but then it's all about how well they actually track what they're doing so they can take action, track it, pivot. Take action, track it, pivot. And if you constantly are in that iteration where you're just taking action, seeing what happens, tracking what you're doing, and then pivoting, that is what breeds success. But so many people fail to track, 
And then they'd make an emotional decision where Jeff Bezos would say, make a data-driven decision. And then they wonder why real estate agents, what is it, 87% fail within five years. Yep. And you wonder why. It's because you're out there emotionally trying to close deals. Well, today I'm going to go door knock. Today I'm going to start calling. <laughs> it's like you just, today I'm going to buy this lead generation platform. And they slowly spin their way out of the business. They slowly kill themselves instead of just, okay, let me put pen to paper. Let me track. What is it? Grant Cardone says in investing in real estate is real estate is super simple in investing. It's just put the numbers on paper. Just put the numbers on paper. The numbers aren't going to lie to you. And then do worst case scenario, worst case scenario. And at that point, if it's still making you money, it's going to make you money. Are you a new real estate agent looking to make it big? You already know you're going to need to work hard to keep motivated. But you also need a clear plan of action. That's why you should check out our ebook, The Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. It'll break down what you need to do in that crucial first year, month by month. Plus, you'll get free marketing tips along the way to leverage the spirit of influence you already have. To get started, go to ReminderMedia.com backslash Rookie Guide. That's ReminderMedia.com backslash Rookie Guide for a free Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. Don't wait. Take action on this today. So I want to know from you, you're starting to franchise. So that means you're heavy into recruiting, right? That's a huge you know, problem I think not only we have at Reminder Media from a recruiting standpoint, but I know agents across the country have. How do you recruit team members? What do you look for? How do you go about getting someone to even take up your franchise? Like, have you, are you into it now or are you just developing the model? Like, are you actually franchising the business now? Yeah, so we've got four franchises uh, nice, up and running now. Congrats. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little uh, rant right now. So like, like nice. I'm going to, I'm going to, a Ryan rant hashtag this. Are you ready? Yes. Cause they, cause what you said is so on with the data, a CRM will not do deals for you. Remember I said it went from one to one. Now we have one. It's included in our franchise model. So every agent gets it and they think they get it cause they need to manage leads. And we go, no, we use the, the CRM to give leads from the corporate store, which means we generate them and pass them to the franchisee. Kind of like McDonald's, you go get, a burger there as a buyer, they don't kill the cow in the back. That burger came from somewhere. <laughs> so they gotta so they gotta ship it in and then they take the 10 cent burger and then they, they turn around. They they don't make burgers. They heat them up. Well it's the same <laughs> in ours. So our so our CRM is set up where we can track the data. It's integrated to the contract management, which means you know you have a contract, what happens they don't work the deal backwards. They got a deal closed, they're happy, whatever. Ours automatically fills in all the fields. So we know the title company, the mortgage company, we know the um We'll lead type. We know where it came from. We know how long they worked it. We know everything because it's all connected because they won't do it. They're not going to keep it in there. They're salespeople. We don't like that. So it's got to be automated, but the data is all in there. I know how many listing appointments there are. I know how many listings. I know how many listings. And there's actually, I'm going to, I'll go to it right now. Um, uh, we have 248 active listings, 147 of them are not under contract. 112 are. There's 18 listed so far this month. I can see all that data just like that. I can go and click on it, see how long it's been on the market and that stuff. But I do the same with the leads. I do the same with appointments. So we set appointments from here. So we know which agents are converting. It's really easy. You don't just need leads converting. You need agents that convert leads, but you need agents mm -hmm. that convert leads that close. If they don't close, nobody made money. Yes. So it was all a waste of time. So so we set up all of this system and this, and we said all these franchises that are out there are selling you a brand or some other cost for no value. You still need a CRM and you still need 
a transaction management. We said, no, that is our cost. That's all we're doing is packaging that together. We're a service company. And now what happens is they can see the data. They're like, your thing is nothing but an overgrown Excel spreadsheet. I heard somebody say that. I said, yeah, let me show me yours. And they said, I don't have one. I said, exactly. <laughs> That's, why That's so, awesome. So, so then it goes more. You know, you it's funny. You mentioned, I think you said we had 100 and something agents. I don't remember exactly yeah, what you said. I was laughing because I don't know how long ago you asked me that question. Maybe a month. Is it maybe been a month? I think so. Yeah, a couple weeks. We're at 220 today. So, That's so, amazing, man. Congrats. So That's we, awesome. We hired almost 200 agents, uh, you know, uh, prop no, it's not 200. It's like, I don't know. I had to go look at it. There's a report. I can see every office that's hired them. Cause so now what happens is in our model, we sell the franchise model. Then when they buy the franchise, they now can pair it up. You can hire an agent on a partner model, which gets leads and appointments, or you can hire them on a hundred percent commission model. Well, the hundred percent model is the one now hires agents too. So now you're not even paying to recruit. They get to build their team. Right. They have the, the software, the broker, uh, the, the back end all connected together. They have all the data. And so what happens is they're now not spending money. We see our ROI on our leads, by the way. So everybody gets to see it. The team leader can see it. The franchisee can see it. That's awesome. So if, if, you're, if you're spending money on Zillow and you're paying $200 a lead and you're getting one closing, you know, and it's not, you're paying them a split, you're not making any money. So you got to get your cost of a lead down. Remember, we talked about skinnying that down. So, yep. And we sell to the franchisees. I don't, we don't need to necessarily go through all the pricing. None of that matters right now. But but so all of this data helps us so we convert at a higher rate. I know right now if I have 147 properties in our company, I can go to the franchisee, the agent, the team leader and say, dude, you're not making any money. You took a lead, set an appointment. How many leads did you have to call? Well, I called 20. Okay, you got one appointment. All right, how many appointments did you have to go on to get – the listing. Well, I went on three. So now technically you took 60 leads to get three appointments, to get one signing, to leave it sitting here on the one yard line. And now you're, you mentioned data is telling you what to do. Yeah. Now I'm going to go door knocking. No, screw door knocking. Go and sell this house. You're already right there. Bingo, man. What they, now it's under contract and it's closing, which we have closing coordination. That's a whole other piece. But, but so now it's on its way to closing. Now go door knock and fill the pipeline again. Then how many doors do you have to knock or how many calls do you have to make or any of this stuff. So it's really simple. We overcomplicate it, overthinking it, changing directions all it's the time. because people like, want a creative idea. They want to they want to think they're going to revolutionize the whole industry and come up with something <laughs> stupid. It's the basics. We, we do the basics better than our competitor. And I love that saying. Dude. Yeah, I love that, man. We're not doing anything different. We're selling. You won't see us on the radio. We're not on TV. We don't spend that. The cost of leads too much. The conversion stinks. Um, well, I'm, the conversion's good, but the conversion of ROI is bad. So sure. once you pay that much for the lead, it's good. The, every agent wants it, but they also, a good agent doesn't want to be on the split level of what they're going to have to trade off to pay for it. So the radio wins. The TV wins because they got paid first. And so how do you, you is, is that how you track kind of like, Obviously, you have direct type response type marketing and you have branding type marketing, right? And so you're doing a cumulative or a lot of things and it's the cumulative sum of those things that ends up generating a buyer. So let's just say you're running a or you're posting on Facebook every day and your sphere sees that. You're also sending them a mailer once a month, right? Your sphere. How do you go about, you're, you're basically putting all that cost into one bucket and you're basically going, hey, out of your database that you're marketing to with these branding ads, this would be your cost per that lead that was generated that came to you. How do you, for your agents, really encapsulate branding type marketing that maybe doesn't generate an exact response, but could have played into 
someone actually coming to use you because it built the mind share. Does that make sense? The question I'm asking. I, under, I understand okay. what you're asking. And I think it's a mindset that people will look at in this business. But what happens is you're, you're working in Fugazi land. Like you're like, well, it may have generated, it may have done this. It may have done this branding. And what happens is you have to track it. You have to do all of these different things. And then yes, a certain amount are going to lead to that. But we only do things that for lead generation. So lead generation and marketing are two separate things. So if you're doing lead generation, then you're doing something, it will turn to a lead. If I spend $1,000, how many leads did I get? That's going to tell me what my cost of a lead is. Then I've got branding. Branding is to your sphere of influence or different things like that. Then I'm going to track how many deals did I have for my sphere of influence last month. So right. if I spent $1,000 on mailers, did I have any closings? No, because you didn't follow up with the lead. So if you remember, Perfect. you got to take the amount of leads how many leads are sitting in new to how many you converted to an appointment from it. And if you don't, and so to, going to your point earlier, you're going to go back and look at the data. Well, I did X amount in mailers and I did X amount in Facebook ads. And so if I did both of those and one led to a closing and the other didn't, well, you got to figure out, am I quitting too soon? Did I not follow up or do I need to, or is it not a good viable source? And so for us, in our model is we generate the leads for the location. So now we give all that data to the entrepreneur. So a hundred percent agent can do the same thing. They can run it. We just have a marketing person that does it. And then the branding, they'll put together the graphics. So like one came out um, that went out yesterday. We sold 144 homes, I think last month for 31, 32 million. So what happens is we give that to 220 agents. They know they got to do is now populate it and say, Hey, if you want your home sold, Call me. Right. So now they've already got the content of something for them to do, but that's marketing. But now one person paid by us does marketing is now value out to every agent, but they don't have a cost to that. There was no cost. They just simply put a time in and then that would be the part. But that's a branding. If it leads to a lead, then they say, well, now my branding has led me to a deal. Right. So what do you look for or what has proven to be successful in the agents that you've recruited? What is like, what do you look for in an agent when you're recruiting them or what has proven as the agents you've recruited, as you look back, what are the characteristics or attributes that you've seen proven to be successful in the agents that you've recruited? Um, trying to think of how to, how to say that there, it's such, it's such a wide variety on that answer because I've got people that are high D or high I, and that was something we looked for on a disc test. I'm sure, sure you're familiar with that. We've also had people that were flatlined that were really good, you know. And we've had people that that were, um, uh, you know, a U shape that that more like were probably better inside salespeople than they were actual closers sure. that do well. We've got people that'll come in and they they're horrible at all that, but they do everything you tell them. So they send out the note cards, they make every phone call, they track everything. They win by doing the fundamentals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're just doing it all. And then you got people that are high D or high I that they do it for a week and then they stop and they fail. But you got high D and high I that go in, take a deal, and take that all the way to closing. So, so consistency, maybe consistency. Um, the the agents who actually consistently do the fundamentals, or would you think it's more mindset and drive? It's going to come down to what do you dictate as successful. So, which means there are certain people that are coachable. So, you know, if if your goal was to do fifty deals this year of all buyers. And you did that. Is that success? And so, you know, did they convert leads at a higher rate? Did they make the amount of net money they wanted to do? Did they build a team? Did they end up getting a team doing 100 transactions? Like, so it depends on what that success. And in most cases, that's normally bottom line net. So I've seen people sell a lot of real estate and not make a lot of money. I've seen them have all the characteristics and be hot this month 
and cold next month and hot this month and cold next month. So, you know, consistency would be a play that they could be more successful. But in, in the scope of it, they sold five houses this month and none next month. Yep. They're probably technically better than average. You know? it's, so, it's funny as you're, you're sharing, I can tell you've coached a ton of agents. Because, uh, you know, obviously, a lot of times if I ask that question to people, they're going to try to come up with well, the top three things that I think <laughs> someone needs to be. There. But someone who's actually been in it, because it's the same for my sales rep. We have tried and tried and tried to figure out what we use the predictive index here instead of the disc, yeah. but it, which is similar type personality test. And it's like, OK, what's the personality graph of the, mm-hmm. the people who can actually close? And are there characteristics that enhance people's closing ability? Sure. If you're extroverted and stuff like that. But what I have found is similar to what you have found is that you can have people across the spectrum that make it. And in some people that were the high D's, as you call it, or on the personality test that we use, it might be a high A, where they're a dominant type personality. impatient. You know, so (laughs) like they're impatient, those type of things. Or, you know, maybe they are, you know, high influence or something. We, We have found people that we get like that that fail. And the only thing I really come back to is it really comes back to, you know, what's their motivation and belief? And that you're kind of explaining it like what's their success? that they're after and what is success to them. And as a coach, you want to find out what, you know, obviously it drives somebody, maybe call it the why, and maybe it's overused term, but find out their why, what drives them. And then it comes back to me. See, you have it. This is the why. (laughs) He's holding it up. You guys who listen to this audio have to go to our YouTube channel because he just held that up. You got to find people's why. And I tell my sales reps after they've been here for about a week, I meet with all the new ones. I said, look, There's two things that I've seen have helped people make it here. It's their belief, both in what they're doing here today and that they can actually accomplish this. And the second is their work ethic. And everybody tells me they have work ethic and everybody tells me their dad has taught them work ethic or their mom's taught them work ethic. But, you know, it's easy to have work ethic for a week. It's, e- it's like I tell everybody, it's easy to have integrity when everybody's watching you do something. Yeah. It's very difficult to have integrity when people aren't around, right? So it's like work ethic is something that is proven over time, call it consistency, whatever you want to call it. And it's just funny as you're kind of sharing your answer of your experience. I have so much camaraderie with you. It's like there is no magic formula. <laughs> it really is just you got to be a coach. You got to find out what drives people. You got to find out, hey, what's their gifting? And then you got to invest in that. So it's just so you, just named, you just named the third factor in that. So which is part of it is them. But the other part of it is us. So leaders, most people haven't found a good leader. A good leader is going to ask you, what's your vision? You've got to get it. And then when they you got to tell them, OK, great. You told me now write it down. And now it's going to change and it's going to evolve over time. And so what happens is the consistency comes when they know that the vision and then they make decisions based on that. So is this going to lead me to that? So wait, I want to do 100 listings this year. Okay, great. Now your aunt calls in and wants to buy a house. Does that fit to what you want to do? Oh, well, no, but I'm just going to help this one. And so now you derail on this distraction. And Mm. so, so, you know, the part of it is the coaching and the other part is they're not going to do what they said they're going to do. So they're, this is their vision, and they're going to mess it up just like you and I do, right? So we know that going in, and you can tell them ahead of time, I know you're not going to do this. We're gonna, you're going to win based on how much you can take in the coaching, how much they get from your podcast do they implement. Yes. And, and so my goal with my coaching is 
I said, I'll implement more. When I come back, I delegate it all out. I got it right now. When I show up to a meeting, I write down everything that there is, and I get a vision and clear, and I think on it. I'll maybe meditate on it for a day or two and go, how's that going to play out? What's the ripple effect? Is this leading to what I want? And then making those changes. But you got to know that 93% of the people you coach will not do what you said. Mm. So now how are you going to respond? So this is why teams don't work because somebody comes in and you go, oh, you're the perfect disc, and then they don't work out. Oh, you're not the perfect disc, and then you've made some calls, and then what happens is they don't make a call. They don't do it, and you harp on them or beat on them, and then they leave, and then they go succeed somewhere else. The way that we win is that we say we set the right culture, the right culture to win, and then telling them what they need to do, showing them the data. I don't have to explain it. It's on your dashboard. You have these leads. You haven't called them. You haven't touched them. <laughs> do you need me? You set these appointments. You didn't follow up. You have these leads. You have. They don't come back and ask for more leads because they didn't call those. So we don't have to spend more money. Or we do one-on-ones. The funny thing is I coach the agents too. So I help team leaders. I have so much time. It's crazy. You know, we talk about you want to get into the balanced life of it. But this is technically probably working a little bit more than I normally would go home and make dinner or pick up the kids or something like that, you know, so that – so that we can kind of have that quality and I'll jump back on and grind it out. But, um, but so, so anyway, the, the, the point is to build a balance in that whiteboard thing that we talked about of what you want life to look like that vision. And so then when you're passionate and hungry about it, it the energy is contagious and Correct. the right leaders get to do it. And guess what? So is frustration. You're frustrated with the agent, the person, the client, whatever they can feel it. They can tell when you're mad at them. And so they feel like they let you down and now it separates and guess what happens? And they go opposite directions and you both failed. You both lost. So the right leader is going to say, I don't want to fail you. I already know what you're going to do. I know you're not going to call them. I know you're not. So you know what I'll do? Servant leadership. I'll get on the phone with you. I'll recruit for my team leaders. I will help them recruit. Freaking I get with the managers. I will, I'm like, I'll, I'll help you. I'll do whatever. Your win is my win. And guess what happens? They don't leave. So remember, the only way you get to that number of recruiting is not to be losing them on the back end. If you're losing them on the back end, it doesn't work. Got to have a growth plan that they can go from being getting leads and appointments to getting all their own money to building their own team, and then our model essentially open their own office. And really, we've got a further model. You can have an AR. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that, but we we've got an AR model that's out there. Gary sold thirty of them to get KW going, and but you can't buy any more of those. Well, so now the next model is coming. We designed something that's very similar, but but also unique. That they have to change the whole ship around, whereas we're going uh, another direction. But that's dude. There's the guys. There's the guys so much genius, going. But I get to look at it and now just say, well, that worked then, and you're right. That was genius. But this is different. These these people that are coming to this market are different. These people, sure. the people want a new opportunity to be in the front of it, not the back of it, right? And so, so it's just it's just part of the uh, part of the equation. So it's exciting. I'm just excited that I could see it. I can see this whole field of how it goes. And then what happens is you're going to coach 10 people. Two of them are going to go to this level. Four of them are here. I don't care whether it's buyers, recruiting agents, managing an office. Everybody is going to be that level. And your value is how well you can get them to do it. How can you get them to implement it knowing they're not going to implement it, right? So if you know it, mm. you're going to harp on doing it over and over. Hey, all you have to do is do this. It's basics, right? You're like, that's just too simple. No, it's not that hard. You just have to do this, but do it better. Yes. Well, so how do you do better? You've got to keep growing and learning. You've got to be reading, doing podcasts like this. But the, just learning isn't any good. they got to put it into play and put it into action and, and do something and do something 
It goes back to what you said earlier with the they've got to believe in themselves. Most of them don't. They fail somewhere Correct. along the way. Some leader told them they weren't good enough and they're not capable. They have all this talent inside and nobody's brought it out of them. You find the right leader, you're going to reach the next level of where you want to go to. And that's Dude. what everybody's striving to find. Drop the mic there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. So, I mean, so much gold. I'm a in there. fan of the Ryan rants. Yeah, seriously, man. Keep ranting. I'm in for it. You know, Gary Vee says, you know, all the time, people tell him, why do you give so much stuff away for free? He goes, because I know, like you said, 98% of you won't do anything about it. Right. 98% of you won't even do anything about it. And it's just crazy. Like Tom Ferry, I listened to a podcast of his just the other day, and he was just like, you know, I'm a great creative, great marketer, is what he was saying. But he said, but I'm an insanely good executor. And he's like, I've, I've learned the discipline of execution. And that's truly what it's all about. It's like, if you're willing to execute, you will freaking win every single time. All right. So, man, we could really talk all day. There's so much gold. We'll have to have you back sometime because we could dive into the nitty gritty of either lead generation of this idea of recruiting agents. We barely touched anything. But, you know, I want to ask you, you know, a question that we tend to ask everybody who comes on the podcast. And it's really, you know, I want to be somebody who studies success, right? So I want to look at the people who've gone before me are the people who are going alongside me and go, okay, this guy, Ryan, man, he's, he's successful. You know, he's created not only this incredible real estate company, but he's creating this franchise model and he has this balance with his life and his family. As you look back on your life, what has it been that's been the, you know, formula for you? Are there habits, routines, things that you've implemented that you can look back and go, yeah, Luke, here are some of the habits that I do daily that I think, contribute to my success that I have. There's no magic formula, but successful people tend to implement routines in their life. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first part of it, I think is, is a mindset answer. And the, and the answer to it is, uh, is I actually, I had a coach and I, I did, I, this is a while back and, you know, I was really like, this is when I was like number seven in the country or something like that. And I was like, yeah, man, made it, you know, whatever. And he says, he says, he says, when someone asks you, how'd you reach your success or, you know, whatever it is, he says, there's only one answer. And he, he's like, I don't know, because I ain't made it yet. And <laughs> and that mindset has stuck with me ever since, because he's like, because as soon as you think you made it, you're successful, your habits are doing it, then you're going to fail because pride wants you to fail. It wants to cost you an agent. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you over and over and over again. Mm. So the only thing that I can think of that would be that way is that God has humbled me so much from so much failure that it's kept me to where I'm like, man, I'm just like you. I'm putting my pants on. I'm going to work. I got a job to do. My job and role may have changed along the way, but I have to do the same thing over and over again. And and if there's anything, it's it's kind of like I've got a purpose. I've got a plan. I know what I know what it is and why I'm on this earth. And and because of that, it doesn't matter what's in front of me. I, I'm going to keep moving through because I ain't finished. I'm not finished with the purpose. And that part of it's going to get through. So it's not a that. gym or eating or any of these others. It's just going, well, I got to get there. I'm not there yet. We're, it's too soon to tell. Um, and uh, and ultimately, I think that's where everybody's at. I don't care how far or how well you get along. You ain't made it yet. And as soon as you think you've made it, you're done. You might as well just hang it up right there. And that is what's going to change your daily habits of what you do. You don't pick up the book because you're the smartest guy in the room. Okay, well, then good for you. You don't call leads because you're too good for that. You won't hire another agent because 
you got it figured out of what you're supposed to do, and then one of your agents leaves, and now your business has lost some percentage, right? Or you know, you you're not looking ahead at where the business is going to go. You're going to lose, and so because you think you're successful, you made it. So so anyway, I. I don't know if I really answered your question. No, but that's, that you, you did, man. That's awesome. I love that. Ed Milet is constantly, he describes it as a way of like, he's constantly chasing the better version of himself. It's like, you know, I haven't arrived yet. You know, I haven't arrived. I love that you say I have a purpose and I ain't finished yet. I love that. That's powerful, man. I have a purpose awesome, and I'm man. not finished yet. I love that. That's awesome. Dude, Ryan, thank you so much for being here. Appreciated having you on. Before we close out, tell people how they can connect with you. I know you've got the book on Amazon. And you've got um, your franchise that you wanted to give the URL. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of different ways because it's kind of a, um, a thing. But shoot, I don't care. You can email me directly. I, I clear out my email every single day. I respond to every text. Every I like I They call me with a problem. I'm like, I'm. you mentioned me as a CEO. I don't look at it that way. So which means I'm, I work for everybody else. So if you need something from me, I'm pretty easily accessible. Uh, my email, Ryan, R-H-Y-A-N, at firstclassagents.com is my email. That's one S T classagents.com uh the uh the website firstclassrealestate.com uh, would be an agent kind of resource uh and then we've got explodemycareer.com so then there's franchise oh, opportunities nice. or nice. recruiting agents you know different things like that so and then right. and then the book so. yeah the book can be found on amazon we're going to include links to all of that in the show notes so if you're listening to this on your phone just tap or swipe up on the cover art you'll be able to seal those links you can also head over to staypaidpodcast.com look for this interview and we'll have all of those links and resources in there again. Thanks again, Ryan, for being here. I'm sure we are going to see you again. And before, um, if you liked what you heard today, head on over to Stay Paid Do on it. iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Make sure to leave a comment. It helps our ranking. You know, I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you go and you rank a podcast, you leave a comment, that's actually going to help the ranking. That's going to push it up the list. More people will hear it. You can also help us out by telling someone else about the podcast today. Look, this stuff's free. So that's yep. how you can that's how you can return return uh, you, that's how you return can return the favor. We're yeah. looking to stay paid. Yeah. <laughs> you can pay us by telling pay a friend. Us by reviews. That's yeah, all we're looking for. Yeah. You can also find this video on pot and uh, awesome. or this podcast and video on staypaidpodcast.com. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram. We are at stay paid podcast. Of course, you can check out Reminder Media on social media. We're at Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Josh Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acri. And Ryan, thank you again, man. So much good stuff in there. I'd encourage everybody, go listen to that rant at the end again. Because that's just, <laughs> if you want motivation in the morning, that was great, great stuff. Here's my action item, though. Because i you know, passionate about, if you heard over the theme of this, I mean, what is it that separates top producers from mediocre producers? They execute. They take action. And, and the passion of Stay Paid is for you to listen to this and take one of these golden nuggets that you hear and put it into action. Literally, the next day, that evening, whenever you're listening, just turn around and put it into action. Here's my action item for you guys that I think you can all do. What is your lead to appointment ratio? Do you know how many leads it takes you to actually get an appointment? And if you don't know that number, you should know that number. And if you already know that number, then take it to the next level, right? And take it to well, how many of those leads that you get an appointment with, you close at that appointment. So how many closes do you get per appointment? If you get that number, then take it to the next level, which how many of those appointments that you close at the appointment actually turn into a deal for you, which gets you a commission check? Because that ultimately is you know what matters. Otherwise, it's just a waste. So 
Start tracking your numbers today. If you learned anything from this podcast, it's that it really is just so simple. Take action, track your results, pivot. The data will tell you where to pivot. Learn from Jeff Bezos, learn from Ryan. Data-driven decisions, data-driven businesses are the businesses that are going to win because the data isn't emotional. The data is not going to lie. Start tracking your numbers today. We have a KPI tracker on our resource page at ReminderMedia.com. If you go to ReminderMedia.com, we'll put it in the show notes as well at StayPaidPodcast.com. But we have a KPI tracker that will help you guys track your KPIs so you can learn so you don't have to wake up today frantic. You don't have to wake up and go, what am I going to do today? I'm going to go door knock. You have tracked your numbers. The data is telling you where to focus, what to leave behind, what to dive deeper into. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every industry that I've worked is top producers take action. Take action on that today. Woo! Awesome, Ryan. So good, man. So much. I can tell you have so much. It's like an encyclopedia just trying to pull it back and go, okay, let's talk about this period of his life. Like there's so much good stuff in there, man. I love it. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thanks for me. yeah. You know, I appreciate you. It's funny. I was, I, we're off now. Right? We, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're off. Yeah. You know, y'all had a guy from Reminder Media come in. We brought him into a sales meeting and and I was like, dude, I said, I don't care what he's selling. I said, the way he presented that and did that, I said,